This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Matt Bolin and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. So I want to talk to you tonight about reaching out. I want to talk to you about what the title of tonight's message is called, Looking For. Looking For. And, and I think as the Bible teaches us, it continues to teach us about what it means to look for, look out. Because when you honor God, your eye, your vision changes, your thoughts change, and it changes everything about you. And so before I do that, I want to do something. Um, I hadn't planned on doing this, but um, during praise and worship, God spoke to my heart and said that you need to honor a couple of people. And so we have some special guests that are in with us right now. And so they didn't know that they were going to do this, but uh, uh, Bob and Debbie, would you stand up? This is Pastor Stormy's sister, Debbie, and brother-in-law, Bob Lowry. Would you guys say thank you? Now, many of you are like, okay, they're here. Um, They have blessed us more than you even know. Um, About three years ago, two or three years ago, we had the uh, idea that uh, we we wanted to change the look of this. Actually, for Pastor Stormy, it started the day he moved into this place. Um, He has wanted for years to change the look of this. And through the generous and, and incredible gifting, and I, and I truly believe this, when you flow in God's gifts, God does amazing things. Um, Bob and Debbie were coming through. They were flying back home. They live in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, and they were flying back home, and they had about an hour. They ran up here, and they spent an hour. Now, uh, Bob is a, uh, he is an architect, or uh, an architect, designs. I mean, he's incredible. He's done amazing, amazing, beautiful homes. Uh, Debbie's an interior designer. I mean, they are an incredible couple together. They are one of the best power couples I know. So, um, but they came and they sat here and looked and, and had this idea. And when they talked about it, I was like, I didn't even see what they were doing. So what you have right now with this amazing facility is because of these two. So thank you guys so much for everything that you guys did sewing into us. Um, it's amazing to see when gifts get used and what happens. And so with that thought in mind, I want you to think about what gifts God has blessed you with and how he wants to move you forward in this life. And so let's go ahead and pray and we'll get started. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus, Lord, we love you. We thank you, we look to you and we ask, Father, that you would help us to receive your message tonight. Father, give us thoughts and ideas that, that, that we may receive those thoughts, that we may know, Father, that, that you truly do love us. And so, Father, I ask you to help me to speak this message with simplicity, with clarity, Father, to drive home points, and, Father, most of all, just to honor you. Father, we love you. We thank you. We thank you for the message tonight. Help us to receive it. Give us open hearts and open ears to receive and understand. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So um, I want you to turn to two verses tonight. We're going to get uh, started right here, and it's going to be real close to each other. So you are in Mark Go ahead and turn to Mark chapter 16. We're going to start there, and then we're going to come back there. So if you have a Mark uh, little uh, tab in there, go ahead and put that there. But Mark chapter 16 and John chapter 1, which is just going to be to the right of that. So Mark chapter 16 is where we're going to start. And it says this, Mark 16, verse 15. This is Jesus speaking because it's in red letters. Did you say? It says, he said to them... Go into all the world and preach the good news to all creation. And I love that statement because God didn't say, listen, there's boundaries. I want you to go to this place. I want you to go to that place. And you know, when I first heard these verses, 
Go ye into all the world. Preach the gospel. Share my name. Tell them about me. It is one of the most frightening thoughts for a new believer to hear. Because you're excited about it, but you continue to have this idea that somebody's going to ask you a question that you're not going to have any idea how to answer. Then they're going to make you feel dumb, or they're going to make you feel like you don't know anything, and then you're going to question. And this whole process runs through, that, that's what happened with me. It ran through my mind, and I'm going, God, I don't know how to share you. I, I don't even know how to talk about you. I just know you did something amazing in my life. That's all I can say. Just look at me. And that's what God continued to say was, when you go into the world, you don't need to tell them all about me that you don't know yet. You just need to tell them what I've done in you. They can't argue that. You just tell them what happened, what changed in those things. And so as I think about this, Jesus continues to call us. He called us right here to say, go into all the world. Continue to stay focused outward instead of getting so inward on things. And I think at times we get this idea that it's more about well, I, I just need to spend time in the Word, and I need to do this, and I need to do that, and I need to do those things. And those are all important things. But if we forget that we're here to share the good news, we forget the most important part of what Jesus did. Jesus was all about people. He loved people. He did everything he could to be around people and share the good news. And I think about this, that this is how God created us. He created us with a, a process to say, you need friends. You need people in your lives. That's why Adam and Eve, Adam was, he didn't find a suitable helper for him. And so he made Eve and it was perfect and it was the way that God created it. And that's what I think he continues to come back to this. I believe that God created us to have fellowship with one another. And so as I was thinking about this and I was kind of processing through in my mind, when I was first saved, the Bible talks to us and he says that those who are first saved are much like babies. Um, you're you're, you're just learning how to do some of these things. You're learning how to stand up. You're learning how to walk. You're learning how to do some of this. And I started to think about this, and I went back to um, recently one of our, uh, the, our nursery director, Cynthia. She had a, her, her baby son, Ezra. And, and I've watched Ezra grow up because he continues to come up to the office, and it's fun. I love hanging out with him. He's always a happy baby, and he comes and plays. And um, as, I, as I play with him, you know, I'll stand him up, but if I let go, he'll fall right over. And I think about this because at times, when we first get saved, our mindset is, let's go light the fire. Let's go light the world on fire. We're going to do this. We're going to save everybody. I'm going to go to Africa, and then I'm going to go to Australia, and then I'm going to go to Antarctica, and then we're going to go to Europe, and then we're going to go to all these places. We're like, I'm going to do all this stuff. And, and you think, okay, I'm going to do all this stuff, and you're not sure how it's going to happen, but you're like, I'm just ready. Let's just go. Let's just go. How are we going to do this? I don't know, but let's go. And that's good to have that excitement. It's good to do those things. But the problem is, is that at times... We haven't earned the opportunity to speak into people's lives. We haven't served with them. We haven't worked with them. I, I went uh, this last year to um, Costa Rica with my wife. And while we were there, we had a day where we were missionaries. And we went out, and um, I know about three sayings in Spanish. And so um, it was, they, they, they sent me off, and I'm, I've got this group. And I'm like, so who speaks Spanish? And this one girl's, well, I can. And I'm like, okay, good. And we get to the first one, I'm like, okay, tell them we want to do this. And she freezes. And I'm sitting there going, Las Ninos? <laughs> La Plaza? <laughs> I, I, I couldn't think of anything. And they're just like, oh, see, sí, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, uh, four o'clock, we're going to be down there at the plaza. And I'm like, I don't know how to talk. And they're like, okay. 
And I'm like, I look at the girl and I'm like, can you tell them this? And she's like, I mean, still white as ghost. And I'm like, we get done and literally we're walking off and she's like, oh, that wasn't that bad. You froze, what happened right there? But you know, at times I think that's what we feel like. We don't know what to say, but God will always give us just enough to help us out. And then he'll give us the next step and he'll give us the next step. I think at times we worry so much about these steps that we're like, God, I'm not prepared. But God said, listen, all you have to do is take the first step. I'll be there. Then you take the next step. I'll be there. Just trust me in this area. But if you continue to be outward focused, God will continue to use you. It's when we become inward focused that it becomes all about us. Well, I've got my Bible. I've got my precious Bible. Nobody, nobody looks at my Bible. Nobody does this. Nobody bothers me during prayer time. Nobody does these things. And God's sitting there saying, I, I love the fact that you love to be with me. But I need to use you too. I need to use your gifts. I need to use your blessings. I need to use what you've got in you. I put those in there. Let me help bring them out. And I think about this because when babies are first born, we used to have this little chair looking thing that we would put our kids in. And, and it was called a bumbo. And that, and that bumbo, they would sit up and it would hold them up just enough where they wouldn't, you know, their heads, they just kind of, they're so big, especially, you know, my son, I love him, but he had a huge head. And so his head would literally, like he would sit there and it would just, poof, and we'd like pick it back up and then it would fall the other side. I knew those things. Um, I think it came from his mom's side. But, um, you know, as we continue to go through this, I would say, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to say that. But um, we, uh, you know, as we would do these things, we would put toys in those toys they had to be in his range, just where he could reach. If they were just out of his range, he would reach and he would struggle and he would struggle and he would struggle. And what happened is eventually he realized he couldn't get it. And the only way he knew to communicate was to whine and cry. And you know, that's when we're created, recreated in Christ, we start small. The world that we reach is right here. Because we've got to continue to build up. You know what? Eventually, my son, he got bigger and better, and he was able to crawl. Now, all of a sudden, this toy that was here, he could get it across the room. And then he kept getting better and better. And you know what? Eventually, his legs got strong enough, he was able to stand and walk. And he would take about three steps, and then he'd fall over. And then take three more steps and fall over, and he'd go through all these things. But eventually, he got to walking more. And then we would have these gates where he couldn't go upstairs. So if there was a toy that he needed upstairs, he couldn't get up there because... He couldn't go up the stairs very well. And then eventually he got to the opportunity to go up the stairs. And, and what I'm saying is this, is that just as babies are developed and they're created stronger and stronger and stronger, God's not gonna put you in a situation. He's not gonna get you saved today and tell you, listen, go to the bars tomorrow and preach the word. That's not where he's gonna send you first. He's gonna send you in the word of God. Let me tell you who I am. Let me show you the word. Let me show you this. And maybe there's one coworker that starts to see a change in you. And you say, what happened? I said, I went to church last night. What happened? Well, I got saved. What, what's that mean? Um, I raised my hand and they prayed for me and I prayed this prayer and I don't know, I'm just different today. But I don't get it. I, I don't really either. I'm still learning on this, but hey, why don't you come to church with me on Sunday and I'll, I'll introduce you to some people. And that's how you reach out. That's your, your world at that point. But eventually it gets bigger and better. And all of a sudden, maybe it's a, a coworker that you used to work with that's at another company. Or maybe it's someone that you went to high school with. It's like, man, something has changed about you. And all of a sudden, your world gets bigger and bigger because God's now saying, listen, I can make it a little bit bigger. You can reach farther. You can reach farther. You can do so much more. And I think about this, that when we have that mindset, it changes. 
Turn to John chapter one, and I wanna show you something incredible that happens because I don't think at times we realize how important it is to continue to keep outward focused. John chapter one, verse 35 is where we're gonna start. It says this, the, the title of that section right there says, Jesus's first disciples. So verse 35 says, the next day, John was there again with the two of his disciples. When he saw Jesus passing by, he said, look, the Lamb of God. When the two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus. Turning around, Jesus saw them following and asked, what do you want? They said, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Verse 39 says, come, he replied, and you will see. So they went and saw where he was staying and spent the day with him. It was about the 10th hour. Verse 40, this is where I want you to catch what happens. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who heard what John had said who had followed, and who had followed Jesus. Verse 41, this is so important because I've read this so many times, but I missed this point right here. The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, we have found the Messiah. That is the Christ. In verse 42, he brought him to Jesus. Now, I want you to think about this because what he's talking about right here is that he found what they were looking for. He found what they were looking for. Now, Simon Peter, Simon Peter goes on to become Peter. Peter, the one that cuts ears off and walks on water and, uh, you know, gets scared of little girls. You know, that same Peter. This is who we're talking about right here. He's also the same Peter that stood up on the day of Pentecost and shared the truth about who God truly is. He's the same man that many disciples looked to as their source, their, their one, their leader. But now I go back to Andrew. Andrew's a very significant person in the building of the church. Because had Andrew been so inward focused, he decided, eh, Simon's kind of crabby anyways. I don't want to go talk to that guy. He's this way or that way. Or man, you may ask me some questions I don't know about. Andrew knew there was something important here. And he said, I don't care what it takes. And I love the next verse in verse 42 where he said that, he said, and he brought him to Jesus. He had an attitude that said, I'm going to get him. I, I got this from uh, actually the, the church that uh, Bob and Debbie go to out in South Carolina. Um, their big saying is this, found people, find people. Found people, find people. Andrew got found and he went and found his brother because he's finding people. Oh, you gotta come hear this guy. This guy's amazing. This guy speaks the truth. This guy that I'm talking about is the one that we've been looking for. So the first thing that we need to do when God is looking for that person, he's looking for you, number one is this, found people, find people. We become outward focused. We continue to do this. Andrew continued to keep focused on his brother. He cared enough about him, said, you gotta come get this. You gotta get this stuff with me. This is important. And I think about this because as we continue to reach out, it changes the way that we view things. It changes how we see things. All of a sudden, it's not about, man, that sermon was good. It's like, oh my gosh, I love how, how, how good this is. And all of a sudden, we have a coworker that we see who's hurting and we're going, man, I know nobody really likes them. I know they're mean. I know they're, yeah. but you know what? God's put them on my heart. I'm gonna pray for them. That doesn't mean you walk up and say, hey, I'm praying for you. Maybe it comes across that time, 
Maybe they're having a tough time. Maybe something's gone down in their life and it's just you two, you're, you're, you're alone. And you know, they just say, man, I, I don't know. And you're like, I just want you to know, man, I'm praying for you. I'm praying for you. I'm sorry that's going on. Sometimes that's the best answer you can get. I'm sorry. I'm sorry you're going through that. Man, I'm praying for you. Can I pray for you? You may say, well, I don't know how to pray for people. Jesus, help him. Jesus' name, amen. I mean, that's, 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 that opens the door. Sometimes that's all you need. But you gotta understand this. When you start to get outward focus, God starts to move and he starts to move through you and all of a sudden you're reaching people that you're like, I, I haven't seen you in 30 years. Yeah, but I saw something, I heard something about you and all of a sudden your witness continues to get bigger and bigger. But it starts by you focusing on God and saying, God, just use me. Just use me. And I think it's amazing because at times we focus on everything else, but God, I've got this issue and I've got this issue. I'm glad you brought that up because I've got to talk about a guy in here that had a bunch of issues, but God did something amazing through him. If you have your Bibles, turn to Exodus. Exodus chapter four. If you're not sure where that is, close your Bible, open it back up to the first part. It should be Genesis, then it's Exodus. So that'll be the next one. Genesis, then Exodus. Exodus chapter four. Verse 10 is what we're gonna talk through right here. Exodus 4.10 says this, Moses said to the Lord, now this is what's going on. So Moses is called by the Lord and the Lord has called him to go back and free his people. And, And Moses is sitting here and he's talking to God and he's saying, God, I don't think I can do this. I'm not well equipped. So listen to how he says this. It says, Moses said to the Lord, oh Lord, I have never been eloquent Neither in the past nor since you have spoken to your servant, I am slow of speech and tongue. What he's doing to God is saying, God, I'm not good. I'm not a good person. I can't speak very well. In fact, they say that he had an incredible lisp that it was hard to understand him. So his, his speech was not very good. So he's sitting there saying, God, I'm disqualified because I can't speak. And I love what God says right here. Verse 11 says, the Lord said to him, Who gave man his mouth? Who makes him deaf or mute? Who gives him sight or makes him blind? Is it not I, the Lord? So he reminds him, listen, I created you. I created the gift and the blessing that is inside of you. You don't see what I see, but I'm gonna get you to see what I see because when you get to see what I see, there's nothing that's gonna slow you down. There's nothing that is gonna slow you down. And he gets to verse 12 and it says, now go, now go. I will help you speak and will teach you what to say. So you sit there and say, but you know, I, I don't know how to reach. I don't know how to talk about the word of God. I don't know this very well. God didn't say that you needed to know this. Didn't say that you need to go to Bible school. I never went to Bible school, but God still uses me. And it comes back down to this. And it says this, it says, now go. Now go, now go into your world. What's your world? Your world is who you have influence over. Who do you have influence over? It may be your children right now, but the more you work on your children, your children will have friends. Friends will come to the house and they'll be like, I like you guys. You're cool. You're fun to hang out with. It may not be your children. It may be coworkers. It may be somebody that you're with. It may be a salesman that you come across. That may be your world today, but you know what? You work what you got and you watch what God does with what you've got. Now go, now go, and I will help you speak and will teach you what to say. I think the second part right there, you gotta start where you are. 
Number two is start where you are. Once you start where you are, you start to move. Moses couldn't understand how he could be used. He couldn't speak very well. He gave every excuse possible. And you know what? A lot of times, what do we do? God, I got a past. God, I used to do this. God, I've been here. I've done this. I've done that. But you know what? It's not about what you've done. It's about where you are and where you're going. And I think about this, and I, I, uh, tomorrow night, my wife and I get a chance to speak about this. And, I, and one of the statements I'm going to share tomorrow, and I'll share tonight, just because I believe it's so important. You can be a product of your past, but you don't have to be a prisoner of your past. And I want you to catch what that is. You can be a product of your past, which means it produced something out of you, but it doesn't mean you have to be a prisoner of your past. Moses looked at what he had and focused on what he did in the past. God looked at what he had and said, let me tell you what we're going to do in the future. God continued to open up and change the way that things are. Listen to verse 1 right here. Exodus chapter 4, verse 1, it says, Moses answered, what if they do not believe me or listen? How many times have we said that when we go out to share the word? What if they don't believe me, God? What if they don't listen? What if they don't listen? He goes through this and he says, or listen to me and say, the Lord did not appear to you. The Lord didn't do that to you. The Lord's not real. The God's not real. But listen to what he says in verse two. Then the Lord said to him, what is it that's in your hand? And he goes through and he continues to show something amazing. He puts his cloak in his hand, pulls it, he pulls his hand out and it's got leprosy and he puts it back in and he doesn't have it. And he shows him two signs. But what he's saying right there is, what is that? What do you have? What is that is inside of you? And I think too many times we focus on everything else instead of focusing on who God is and realize that the gift was there from the beginning. The Bible says in Psalms 139 that you are fearfully and wonderfully made, which means that you don't have to worry about that past because that past may have made you who you are today, but God is inside you now and he's gonna make you something even greater tomorrow. It goes back to even what Joyce Meyer continues to say. Thank God I'm not who I used to be. I'm not where I want to be, but thank God I'm not who I used to be. I continue to get better. I continue to grow. That's what God is doing. And he's asking us to change and look outward and worry about those people and realize that God said, I'll be there with you. I'll train you. I'll teach you. I'll help you to get there. Trust, trust, just trust me. Just trust me. That's what God is continuing to say. As you grow, God will continue to enlarge your territory. As you continue to sow, God continues to pour out and continue to give you in those areas. It's about trusting in what he's doing. Now, you may say, well, I, don't, I, I, don't, I just don't know how to do this. I don't know how to do this. There can't be that excuse anymore. We've got to continue to look outward. Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 9 continues to talk to us about the truth of what we need to do. 1 Corinthians and I'll let people get there in just a minute because that's a long ways from the other one. But I want you to think about this because at times we're worried more about the excuse that we have instead of the one who created that gift inside of us. I don't think I can do this. You're right. You can't. You're exactly right. You can't. But God who's inside of you, who teaches you, Philippians 4.13, that says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. That's the one who's going to do it. That's the one who's going to use you to do it. So what it comes back down to is, how do I do this? 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 19 says this. It says, though I am free, belonging to no man, I make myself a slave to everyone, to win as many as possible. Verse 20, to the Jews, I become like a Jew to win the Jew. 
to those under the law, become like one who's under the law, though I myself am not under the law, so as to win those under the law. Verse 21, to those not having the law, I become one not having the law. Though I am free from God's law, but I am not free from God's law, but I am under Christ's law, so as to win those not having the law. Verse 22, to the weak I become weak to win the weak. I have become all things to all men so that by all possible means I might save some. I do this for the sake of the gospel that I may share in its blessings. So you're asking me, how do we do this? You change the way that you see people. I will tell you this, in all my life, in all the people that I've had a privilege of praying for or bringing to Christ, not one of them have ever come to Christ because I took a Bible and I hit them over the head. Not one time. I'm not saying it won't happen. Maybe it will. Be a crazy story if it did. But what I'm telling you is this. Go to all people and be what they need. Not what you need, what they need. So you sit back and say, well, how? So does that mean if I've got a drunk friend, I need to go drink with him? No, 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 no. That's not what I'm telling you to do. What I'm telling you is this. If you have a friend that continues to go out to drink, there's a reason why they're going out to drink. Find out why it is that they're going out to drink and be there to listen to him. Be there to be a friend. Be the one that says, if you go out to drink, I care enough about you that you call me and I will pick you up and take you home. I don't want you out driving. If you get to that point, you call me. I will pick you up and we're gonna listen to Caleb all the way home and we're gonna praise God and we're gonna do those things and whether you like it or not, we're gonna do this. But you know what you're gonna do? You're gonna sow into reaching them. The best way to win someone is to meet them where they're at and teach them who the true Lord is. Not alcohol, not drugs, not this, not that. It's about him. It's about him. You know, I didn't talk to him about this, but I hope it's okay. I'm going to do this. He's family, so he can't get that mad at me. But um, my wife and I have been here for about seven, eight years. We've lived in Lubbock, Texas. I grew up in Grand Junction, Colorado. Um, we've, uh, I, I moved, I went to Hobbs, New Mexico, and I've always had some family that lived down south New Mexico. Actually, they grew up in Artesia, Hobbs, kind of in those areas. And so when I went to, um, when, when I was about 10 years old, we had a family reunion, and we got to meet this family for the first time. And uh, my family's really good at planning reunions. Um, that was the last one we've had. So, um, you know, we're about 25-year process, maybe, of, of getting family reunions together. So um, we had never really, we, we kind of hung out, and then um, we would email back and forth and different things like this, but we'd really lost touch. And so when I was 18 going down to school, um, down at New Mexico Junior College, down at Hobbs, we stopped in Artesian. I got a chance to see some of my family that I hadn't seen, talked to him for about 25, 30 minutes, and then drove down to Hobbs. And that was the last I had seen of him. So eight years ago, we moved here to Lubbock, and I knew I had some family that was in this area, but I didn't really know them. And so I started about four or five years past, and I'm listening to the radio one day, and I, and I, I, I just, I laugh at times how God does things. I'm listening to it. It used to be uh, 104.3. It's the sports radio station. And I was listening to it, and this thing comes on, and it says, Dr. White, 
dentistry sponsored this thing. And I was like, hey, I have a cousin that's named Jason White. And he's a dentist, I think. I was like, okay, well, I, I, so I'm like, in my mind, I'm driving back to work and I'm like, I'm gonna get online and I'm gonna try to find him. I'm gonna see if this is him. Maybe it's just some weird name, you know, Jason White, kind of a normal name. And, and so I get on there and I was like, okay. So I, I go in there and I'm like, I know his, his family. I know kind of the history and some of the things. And so I get on there and I'm like, Artesia, he's from Artesia, New Mexico. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is my cousin. He lives in Lubbock, Texas. And I'm going, all right, this is gonna be weird. So I pick up the phone and I call over there and I talked to one of the secretaries. I said, can I talk to Dr. White? And they're like, well, he's busy right now. Can I take a message? I was like, um, this is kind of weird, but uh, I'm his cousin that he hasn't seen in about 25 years. I live here in Lubbock. Wanted to see if I could get a chance to hang out with him. Um, I didn't get a phone call back. Pretty normal because that's kind of stalker type of things, you know, and stuff like that. So I don't hold that against him. <laughs> but um, long story short, we continue to kind of get back and forth and do these things. And about three years ago, we finally got a chance to sit down and go to lunch. And he talked about some things of his past, and I talked about, you know, where I'd come from and some stuff like that. And he's like, well, I really want to talk with you. And I was like, that's awesome, man. I'd love to do it. And, you know, in my Christian background, I'm going, you need to go to church with us, and you need to do this, and you need to do that. And, and, and people had said some things, and I was like, I don't know. He's my cousin, so it doesn't matter what people say. I'm going to receive him anyways. And I remember during this whole time, I never once pushed him. I never told him, well, you need Jesus and you're wrong and you're sick and you're this and you're that and you're this. Because I understand this. If I was in his shoes, I wouldn't receive it that way. So for a year and a half, I would stop by his office and I'd say, hey, what's going on? We wouldn't talk about Bible or we wouldn't talk about this. Every once in a while, I'd ask a question. And then one day I got an idea. We were doing a men's night and I said, hey, would you come I'm speaking that night. Would you mind coming? We're going to go out and eat afterwards. I'd love to go eat with you. So he said, sure. He shows up and he'd come to church a few times and stuff like that. And that night we talked about this event that we go to every year called the Men of Iron. And he said, I want to go. He said, give me the dates. I want to go. I got to put it in my calendar. So he put it in his calendar. This last Men of Iron, this was his last Men of Iron. He goes to it and he radically gets changed radically gets changed. And I am telling you what, I am so proud to call him my cousin today. And he's here in service. He's here all the time. And he continues to do these things. And I'm proud of you, man, for what God has done in you. And so thank you. But why I share that story is this. That took three years. The thing I want you to understand is there is no timetable with God. You just keep sowing and you keep sowing and you keep sowing and you keep sowing and maybe you're not the one that gets to bring them to Christ, but you're a seed that's planting into their life that somebody has been praying for. I wouldn't be here today if I didn't have someone praying for the person who shared Christ to me. Understand it, you're that person and you can continue to do this. Continue to keep your mindset reaching out and watch what God can do. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com.